1: Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Tried to get it back to board, but it's knocked away. And off to the races is Anderson. Anderson into the Tampa Bay zone. Wants to cut to the front of the net. Got it right to the top of the crease. And then he scored! Josh Anderson got to it! And Montreal is still alive! The Montreal Canadiens will not go away. For the sixth time this postseason, they win in overtime. Side note to that: How about this? The explosive Tampa Bay Lightning, 0 and 4 in the extra session. Josh Anderson does it, 3:57 into overtime after Montreal killed off a four-minute power play late in the third and into overtime. Shea Weber called for high sticking. Double minor for cutting Andre Palat with a minute one left in the third. And the Canadians survive that. And we're getting at least one more game as the drama continues around this Montreal club. Thanks for tuning in tonight. 11 minutes after nine, along with Bob Stoffer. I'm Reed Wilkins on this special edition of Stanley Cup Final Overtime Open Line presented by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Well, Bob, so many things to talk about tonight. You've you've always liked Josh Anderson a lot since back when he was a Columbus Blue Jacket. I know you like the pickup for the Habs. Comes up big tonight,
2: scores twice, gets the winner. Well, we've discussed this before, Reed Don Boyd was the head uh, scout for Scott Housen when he was the general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he was based in London, and all the way back to their Rick Nash pick out of London, which obviously was when Doug McLean was the general manager, Mathot played in London, and then obviously Josh Anderson, and he hit on those guys. He knew those guys in his own market very well. Uh, you know, Anderson had a contentious, uh, protracted negotiation that did not go well, that basically Forced to trade ultimately out of uh, Columbus for Max Domi, and the Canadians clean the uh, uh, Blue Jackets clock on that one because uh, Domi just he's not the player Anderson. Anderson seven goals now for him in the playoffs, uh, and he's been a little bit snake bit, but he's a bit and he's playing with an injury. I know that for a fact. Uh, But he's a big man that can uh, that can skate and drive the net. And uh, Montreal, give him credit—they've killed off 53 of 58 shorthanded situations in the playoffs. You're playing against that power play. I mean, with. I mean, the Oilers have great personnel, best power play in the league the last two years. But when Tampa Bay's got all their horses going, their power play's as good as anybody. And Montreal found a way to survive and uh, play one more game. And uh, that's all you can ask for. Exciting game. And uh, Tampa Bay's got an unbelievable squad. They're going to lose rate about six guys. I could see the Oilers being in on one of their players. Um, So they want to win it. But uh, Montreal finds a way to keep the dream. It's a long shot. But you're saying there's a chance. There's still a chance.
1: Well, and that's the amazing thing about Montreal because they looked—they uh, were down and almost out against Toronto. John Shannon, on our uh, face-off show going into the playoffs uh, picked the Leafs in three to win that series and Montreal survived a couple of overtimes to to beat Toronto clearly uh, better against Winnipeg and then I know it was only one game but after the first game against Vegas I was like oh man I don't know and then the Habs got the better goaltending and some of the Vegas big guns really went dry and now they hang in there against the Lightning so you're right at least there's a chance I I wasn't sure there would be Bob because that Tampa Bay power play with four minutes now the first couple of minutes they were You know, that first, the the last minute of regulation and the first minute of overtime didn't do much. And then Montreal had the good chance. Suzuki whacking at the pass from Deneau really couldn't control where he was putting the shot, did a good job to get it on net. But then Price, Stamkos tried that down low one-timer to bank it in, and I thought I thought that was the one point on the rebound. Don't know if he got all of it, but still Price right there to recover and keep the game going.
2: Well, what a player. And now's the time for this group read. I mean, there's no question about it. We know the three free agents that they're unlikely to have back. Mm -hmm. Blake Coleman, along uh, with Barkley Gooder, who got the first one tonight, uh, as well as uh, David Savard, who uh, was uh, uh, picked for the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. So those three guys aren't coming back. And then the general consensus is they're going to lose three of the following four players. Uh, The belief is that Tyler Johnson will, uh, in order for Seattle to take him, they're going to need another pretty good player up front, and it's believed that it's going to be uh, either Palat or Kalorn. I believe that uh, Tampa Bay could get a decent uh, return on Kalorn. In fact, I think he'd make a lot of sense at Edmonton. Uh, I don't think Gord's going anywhere. He's such a driver for that team, but that's, you know, they're going to lose six players. they got to win now. They've got some good support players coming. I picked them in five. You know that. I mean, they're just so deep and so good, and they benefit from so many different things. $98 million team in terms of a little bit of wiggle room with how the gap worked and not playing Kucherov this year. Uh, you know, we had Puckpedia's Hart Levine on. And, uh, you know, $300,000 difference read in the tax uh, between a $2 million contract uh, in Montreal and a $2 million bet, you know contract in Tampa. You make 300 k more take-home in Tampa. So they've got lots of advantages. But they've drafted well. They got a terrific team. Uh, it's going to be almost impossible for Montreal to come back. But they've given themselves another day. Bob
1: Stauffer, Reed Wilkins discussing the Canadians three-two overtime win in Game Four to prolong the series. They go back to Tampa for Game Five on Wednesday. Some uh, former Oilers in this series: uh, Jeff Petrie playing for Montreal, and the one on the Tampa Bay side, Pat Maroon. Bob, for a while, well, it was a big one. I mean, it got the game into overtime and. Gave them a chance. And I'll say this about Maroon, Bob. You know, you watch him play in there. I've seen a lot of Tampa games throughout this playoffs. And, uh, you know, some nights he doesn't play a lot or you don't notice him. But he's got hands, right? I mean, we saw that when he got the 28 goals playing with Dreisaitl most of the year with Dreisaitl and McDavid. He can finish, plays in tight, and that's what he did, uh, taking the pass from Joseph with 6-12 left in the third. That tied at 2-2 at the time.
2: Well, he scored 49 goals in uh, 154 games with the Oilers during the regular season. And actually, he made an impact right away when he came over from Anaheim at the conclusion. You'd remember the 15, 16 seasons. He had eight goals and 14 points in 16 games. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know how many people have said to me, including players from other, including players on Anaheim that beat Edmonton in the 2017 playoffs. You guys had Maroon. You had Cassian. You had Nurse coming. Uh, you had Griba. You know, why did you need to go out and get Looch? You already had a lot of that stuff. And the fact is that Maroon has been a more effective player. Uh, then that, that, I mean, in Tampa, so deep and so good that he's on a fourth line. If he's on a different team, he's probably a third line winger. He still provides a physical impetus. He, you know, he's scrapped Chara multiple times now here of late. Goes to St. Louis, scores a big overtime winner for them the year they win the cup. He's got a great chance to win three in a row. Uh, so uh, very intelligent call by him, and he's got another year left in his deal in Tampa as well.
1: All right, Bob. Uh, before I let you go here, I, I really enjoyed your uh, your discussion on Oilers Now today, you, you took us through a lot of uh, your thoughts on Duncan Keith in the yep. first half hour of the show. John Shannon was on. There, there's something, I, I don't even know if I told you this, but the final edition of Overtime Open Line, so the Oilers lost the game, I believe around midnight mountain time. Rob and I were on until 230 A listener called in, and I don't know who this guy is, and and you and I both know, Bob, sometimes people make claims and you never know, but he said, look, I got connections to Duncan Keith and he wants to come to Western Canada. And at the time, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know who you are calling in at one thirty in the morning saying that. So I, I took it with a grain of salt. So when, when uh, Elliot tweeted that out last week, I was like, Oh, interesting. Okay. That guy knew what he was uh, talking about to me. And, and I know from talking to, you know, people, I know it it, 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 just can't be, it can't be the five and a half. If it's going to work for Edmonton, y- you got to fi- try to wait to, for me to get it down. I think you've been talking about two and a half, three, no, 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 something no, like that. What do you? No, what have you been no, saying?
2: No, no, I've said specifically Chicago is not eating any money on this. Oh, you're no. saying Chicago is not eating any money? They're not okay. taking. They're Sorry, not ta- they're not taking a con. Wow, well, I mean, they'll take Caleb Jones back, but they're not taking. A- I mean, we have people that think Duncan Keith's only going to be paid three point six million in real dollars over the next two years. We have people out there. Well, why don't they include James Neal? Well, Well, that's not happening. James (laughs) Neal is a $7.6 million buyout. No GM in his right mind is going to do that. So here's the deal for the fans. I get it. I know the analytics were not very pretty last year. Some would say they weren't great the last three years. Uh, I, I too, have talked to multiple people. Uh, Most of the agents uh, who've, you know, there are agents that are connected to Edmonton that have got players in Chicago, prominent players in Chicago. They will tell you that Duncan Keith is still a very good defenseman. He played too many minutes, 23 minutes a game this past uh, season. He's let 14 of 16 minutes. Uh, Can Edmonton and Chicago consummate something? I I don't know. Uh, Does he make sense, given that the likelihood is at this stage of the game, I'd say it's it's greater than a 50% chance. Oscar Kleffbaum does not return. I think he'd be a very good fit as a second-pairing left shot D. But make no mistake, Reed, there is no, uh, there, I, there's no... there. I'd be stunned if Chicago ate a substantive amount of money in any type of deal. It's going to be Caleb jo- If the deal does get made... And I and I haven't spoken to anybody on the orders side on this, but if it gets made, I could see it being along the lines of a Caleb Jones and a Tyler Benson, something like that for Duncan Keith. I don't think the orders. I know the orders would not include Broberg or Bouchard on the back end, I, I they wouldn't, I don't, you know, if I'm Chicago, I'm asking for McLeod, uh, but I, you know, I, I don't, they know they can't get Holloway, uh, so no Holloway, no McLeod, no Broberg, no Bouchard, it would surprise me if they could get either Samarukov or Lavois. so he, make no, and I've spoken to Jerry Johansson and multiple people in that organization, whoever your caller was, was right, and read. I'll leave you with this, in 0506, in March of 06, I started getting emails from somebody claiming that Chris Pronger was going to request a trade out of the season. Uh, the end of the season, I was dismissive of this email. I came in. back then; people didn't text shows, they emailed shows. Mm-hmm. I, I got about four of these emails over a month and a half long span, and lo and behold, it came to fruition. So somebody out there that was listening, Reed, knew something about Duncan Keith because it certainly, I think, in a perfect world for him edmonton's the right spot i understand the fans uh concern on the price point but reed i did not see chicago eating many money retaining any money in a deal for duncan keith
1: you're, okay like you're saying nothing like not even nothing interesting because i well i mean this is going to be a big talking point for both of us probably for a while till it happens where he goes, or he goes it, so, it, it, well, i mean he is he would, he would be he Second best left
2: shot defenseman if yes, cleft sir. bombs not on the team. Well, I mean, we're not having this conversation if if we know 100% the cleft bomb's coming back. But the reality of the situation is he's hurt. The Oilers need to add... I mean, we've seen with the Canadians, they added some experience, some guys that have been there before. It's helped them out a bit. They're not exactly a perfect team. Edmonton's got to probably add anywhere from... I mean, we'll see what happens here with Larson. I I thought Larson was going to get done before Nugent Hopkins. We'll see what happens here with Larson. But assuming they get Larson done... They're going to be able to sign a second left wing and a second pairing left shot D or trade for for those two positions. Uh, remember, I mentioned Cloran. We'll see what happens with Hyman. I think Hyman would be a real good fit here. I initially thought Toronto was going to get him re-signed. I'm now led to believe there's too much separation in salary. So we'll see here what ends up transpiring. But no, Reed, I don't see Chicago eating any cash. All right.
1: Bob, thanks for doing this. Uh, hey. I guess if they go six or seven, I, I may bug you again. We'll see what happens hey, on
2: Wednesday. I appreciate it, you hopping on. Love it. Love it, Reed. Take care, man.
1: Bye bye. Right on. There's Bob Stoffers. We're talking a bit about uh, the uh, Duncan Keith to the Oilers speculation and uh, about tonight's game, which turned out to be a thriller. Josh Anderson in overtime, 357 into OT, shortly after the Canadians killed off a four minute penalty for high sticking to Shea Weber. He was assessed that penalty with a minute one left in the third period. So we play on and uh, we're going to try to wrangle some post-game reaction here for you from Bell Center. Overtime open line presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for, oh, oh hey, we got it right now. Kerry Price and Brendan Gallagher. Here we go. Um,
0: you know, we're, we've are we just kind of accepted the fact it's it's never going to be easy here. John Liu.
2: Kerry, <laughs> would you describe the... Um... Uh, the quality of chances that Tampa was generating against you tonight, because the numbers bear out that they had a lot of quality scoring chances, but that uh, but uh, it just seemed that your 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 uh, defense was able to minimize the danger within those chances. Yeah, exactly. I thought our guys are playing really well in front of me. Um, you know, we're uh, you know we're doing our best
0: to limit chances and, and clear rebounds. Jonathan Bernier.
2: Merci Sam. some question for Carrie. How can you describe the, the resiliency of your, of your, well, of the team and of uh, your teammates who, uh, scored uh, for the lead twice. And well, they, 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 the lightning came back twice and then you, you scored again in overtime.
0: Yeah, it was
2: uh, a resilient group. Uh, obviously like, uh, you know, like Brandon said, we, uh, we faced adversity all season long and have responded well. Uh, and uh, we had a lot of work left to do. Stu Cowan. For Brendan, I hope you can hear me with the music playing here. Um you just speak a bit about Shea Weber and the, the game he played, you know, the physical presence he was, and when he took that four minutes, you obviously want to kill any four-minute penalty, but how much more just when it was him that it was in there?
0: I mean, Webby's our leader. Uh, you know, you he, he can't, can't ask for a better teammate, so obviously I think the, the guys wanted to bear down, especially for him. I mean, we understand the situation we're in. I think we would have killed it for anyone, but... Um, you know, he's, he's been a rock for us uh, since he's come to our team. Uh, the physicality that he brings that you speak of, uh, you know, that's just what you expect from him every single night. He's hard to play against. And uh, especially as these series goes along, he's, uh, he's a pain. So happy to have him on our side. Josh Clipperton.
2: Hey, a so friend as well. Just, so, you know,
1: Josh Anderson yesterday declared that this team wasn't finished. What can you say about, about his performance tonight?
0: I mean it was uh you know we we understood the hole we were in, but you know, we just kinda talked about it. Um, you know, find a way to win one game here, uh really simplify your mindset and uh, Andy stepped up, scored a couple big goals for us. So uh you know, it's going to be the same thing next game. Uh, put this one behind us as soon as we leave the rink here and, and come with that same mentality and uh, win one hockey game. Uh, you know, we've kind of been through this already in the first round against Toronto. Um, you know, you really simplify that mindset and, you know, hopefully uh, live the fight one more day. Thanks for your time, guys. Thank you.
1: All right, Brendan Gallagher, Carey Price, two of the Montreal Canadiens victorious tonight, 3-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Canadians finally got the lead in this series, even though they were, well, they didn't get a first shot. uh, They didn't get their first shot on goal until the game was over eight minutes old, but they scored with 421 left in the first. Anderson scored. Goodrow tied it for Tampa with 240 left in the second period. Another one off a Montreal turnover. Interesting stat they had on the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. Tenth time in this series. Tampa Bay has scored on Montreal within 10 seconds of a turnover. Alexander Romanoff, first ever playoff goal put Montreal ahead with 11-12 to go. Tampa Bay came back. Pat Maroon with 6-12 left in the third period. then the Canadians kill off the double minor to Weber and win it Anderson from Caulfield 357 into overtime. So we play on Tampa Bay will now try to win it on home ice on Wednesday. We'll have our face-off show at 530 here on 630 Chad. The play-by-play will start just after 6. And yes, we are presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Thanks to Bob Stoffer for hopping on. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. I'm Reed Wilkins. Habs are alive. Have a good night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.